last time on Down Abbey. Branson was back and in full effect. He helped give Yew Tree Farm to Mr. Mason. Talbot was back as well, and he reconnected with Mary, and they're going on dates at Royal Automobile Clubs. Violet and Isabel continue the battle over what to do with Down Abbey's hospital. And Anna and Bates are expecting a child. We'll follow up on all that and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. And hello, we are here. Yeah. After a, a week filled with uh, gin and cigar smoke, uh, we have kicked the habit. And yeah. We're, yeah, we're, 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 we're on the straight and narrow path. And we did say there is a contest. If you listen to the last week's, you'll know that we did discuss free tickets to High Clear. Mm-hmm. And we have not yet discussed exactly what the terms will be for that, but we will... Wait for that release to sort of happen. Yeah, it's coming. If you see the gin, buy it. Yeah. And to all the people that gave us good feedback on that episode, thank you. Yeah, much appreciated. I'm glad, glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as we did with all the history and all the, yeah, all the good times there. It was a, a lot of fun. And like I, people keep saying how much fun it was yeah. to listen to. Yeah. And you may be hearing some background noise, and that's because there is a... A third Lord of Grantham right here. Hold on, let me let me put him up to the microphone. I got a kitten. Yes, a feral beast has joined us this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Yeah, his name is Lando. He's 10 weeks old, and we can't have him in the house with my six-year-old cat, Harley. So the only room in the house that was cat-free was the recording room. this room, which is, I mean, it's used for other things, but... It's the recording room. It's the recording room for all I's and P's. Yeah. So he's a very little giddy little guy, and he purrs a lot. So if you hear... And you just got him yesterday, right? I got him yesterday. So, yeah, yeah he's fresh and uh, purring a lot. So that's big piece of news number one. Okay. Big piece of news number two. We got some fan mail. Yes, we did in the mail. Yeah. I specifically all- said, Dave, wait until I'm here to open it. And I, Yeah, because I would have opened it alone. I mean, I wouldn't put it past you. We're going to do a live unboxing. This is from our good friend Estelle from... Australia. Australia sent this all the way to us from Australia. We got to make sure this is kitten friendly. Because, whoa. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> Lando just uh, just uh, meowed. And he knows something's in the box that we don't. He's going to totally derail the flow of this podcast. We'll see. But the kittens are cute when they're not in audio form. How long do you have to keep the kitten in this room? Um. Well, spoiler alert, we're recording the next few episodes uh-huh. in the next couple days. Mm-hmm. So the next two, he'll be here, but then after that, he should be gone. Right, because uh, we're going to be in Puerto Rico next weekend, and who knows if we'll make it back, so we'll see. To all of our listeners in Puerto Rico, come say hi. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be in San Juan. Uh, We're accepting all fans uh, to say hello, so. All right. Chris from High Clear Gin made sure that I put the the mic up to the glass as he was putting ice in it, so... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make this unboxing as exciting, auditorially pleasing, orally pleasing as possible. So orally, oral a u. Okay. And this kitten is All still right. roaming. Yep. Okay. It's in uh, it's in bubble wrap. We got some bubble wrap. Maybe this will keep Lando busy. It's exciting. Yo, he's already fired up. 
You can give the bubble wrap to him to play with afterwards. Absolutely. Keep him occupied. But he's going to be popping them while we're recording. He's a, he's 10 weeks old. I don't think he could pop anything. Okay. Opening this. We got some layers. Keep going. The suspense is killing me. It's a frame. I'm trying to keep it face down until it's all the way open. Wow. Oh, this is so cool. It's uh it's Isabel and Violet. It's like uh, I don't know what you would a stitch, a needle point of something of some sort. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a knitted um knitted framed uh portrait of Isabel and Violet saying uh I think it's Isabel saying I take that as a compliment and Violet saying I must said it must have said it wrong. This is so cool. That's so awesome. Thank you uh Estelle. Thank you Estelle. Yeah. No, I can't. I yeah. Very MVP of the Lords of Grantham Lounge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, while we're on that subject, while we're holding this awesome piece of art in our hands, mm-hmm. st- we we put it on the Lords of Grantham Lounge our Patreon exclusive Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We said you guys are the reason why we have Patreon bonus episodes. What do you want from us? Yeah. Because we love doing our Star Wars review, which you can access if you join our upstairs tier on Patreon. And she gave us a list of her favorite movies, Estelle did, and number one, you want to say it? Big reveal? We are doing a podcast reviewing Dirty Dancing. I am so excited about this one. I I had never seen Dirty Dancing prior to this experience. Yeah. I, I can't wait to talk to you about it. So... It's my mom's favorite movie, so it's it's part of my history. So, very excited to talk about that with you on the bonus episode of our Patreon. But I think we owe it to our fans to get to this week's podcast. Yeah, before we do that, I'm gonna episode. I'm gonna try and lock this kitten up. Oh no! As cute as he may be, he's got it. He's taking a nap. Yeah. So this episode starts with Mr. Mason arriving to Yew Tree Farm. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah, it is him. It is his. And he is just basking in the glory of a new farmland, free of not having to deal with that owner that was going to be over him who didn't seem like a nice guy. He's in safe hands with the Granthams. The Crawleys. The Crawleys. Still haven't gotten that right. After six seasons, I still call them the Granthams, and they are the Crawleys. But he, he is just feeling himself this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a he's got a big big ego. Yeah, he's like Daisy's gonna live here with me. <laughs> it's like what? I'm taking her. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm unlocking her door and sending her to work. <laughs> and Andy there, he's gonna do the pigs. Well, Andy wants to do the pigs. Yeah, so that's the the big thing is Marion. <laughs> I, I I know we joked about it early on, and I don't even recall this in our first viewing of Down Abbey that the pigs were so important. Mm-hmm. And we joked early on, like, oh, the pigmen, oh, man, the pigs are so important. But again, Mary is so concerned about how the pigs will turn out under Mr. Mr. Uh, Mason's watch. Because he's old. Because he's old. So it's a plot point in this episode that there must be someone to watch the pigs. And uh, and who steps up? Andy. Andy. Andy steps up like it was a plan, but he's really just shooting from the hip. Yeah. I get the sense that he, he has uh, vibes with Daisy. Ah. Uh... I think he's because I got the notion he may be doing a little bit to impress her. I think. I don't know. He's definitely not like a what was the guy's name? William. Yeah, he's not Ford. What was that? <laughs> you mean William Mason? <laughs> no, not not William. The next one, the one who Jimmy. 
No, not Jimmy. Oh, the red, the red-headed idiot who just. <laughs> that guy who talked like that. Uh, Daisy loves me just fine. Yeah, Hughes's cousin. Or not Hughes's, uh, O'Brien's cousin. I forget. I mean, it doesn't really matter. He was a redheaded idiot. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way. Just like me. That's not too far off. Uh, what was his name? We watched the show for so long now, it's hard to remember. Alfred. Alfred. Jimmy and Alfred. Yeah. Alfred, the redheaded idiot. <laughs> so, no, Andy is not like Alfred. He can. See, he doesn't speak like the, I want to take care of the pigs. That, that's how Alfred would do it. No, no. Andy's like, yeah, I can take care of the pigs. What do we find out about Andy, though? Do we want to just dive into that? Yeah, let's do all of Andy. Let's just run through all the all downstairs. So Andy's got a movie poster. He deserves our time. Yeah, yeah. So Thomas is still frustrated that Andy doesn't want to be his friend. It's still an ongoing plot line in the background. Mm-hmm. And we learned from Andy telling uh, Mr. Baxter and Mosley and Alan Bates, I think, is just like, I know what he is. I don't want to give him any wrong ideas. <laughs> Which is not the worst response. Alfred... To go back, and Jimmy wanted to call the cops and have him put in jail. Yeah. So, uh, Jim, uh, Alfred and Jimmy, Andy, just is like, I don't, I just don't want to do that. I'm not trying to go down that road and lead him on. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's it's yeah. noble for 1924. Yeah, he doesn't know any better. Like there isn't much education out there. But you know, Thomas catches Andy in a moment of frustration. He hears like a huh or something like that behind a closed door and what happened he, he threw a book at a at a light yeah why is that dave well he's like he's reading the no first he sees him reading like the books he's like which one are you reading he's like the red one <laughs> yeah and he's yeah. like oh okay all right yeah and why does he have those books the pig books right pig farm books. so to explain to the listeners to remind them, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mason gave Andy these books because there's a lot to learn about pig rearing, it's apparently. It's the theory of the pigs. It's like, okay. I had no idea okay. there's four different books I'd have to learn uh, read to learn about rearing a pig. If you want to be a farmer, you do need education. What are you doing with a pig and across those four books? Like, how to make slop? Is that one of the books? Probably. That's definitely a <laughs> chapter. <laughs> all right. All right. How to, you know, there's a lot of intricacies. To raising pigs. Yeah. We just had to look at the room that you're in, and that's how it used to be. It's covered in blankets to cover to get a cat. That's and true. A cat is not a pig. That is true. Did so, you, Dave? You read four books to raise a cat? No. <laughs> okay. All right. I read five. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I read Downton Tabby, which is a real book about cats. It's just like people photoshopping cats on oh, Downton Abbey characters. That's not my game. <laughs> Dave loves cats. I'm ambivalent. They're fine. Anyways, it's a, it's a good rhyme. It's a good pun based thing. Okay. Mrs. Catmore. Oh, no, no. All right. Uh, just imagine if that's one of the books that Mr. Mason gave to Andy. It's a pig book pig. about Down Abbey. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good Down Abbey pig, 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 pig pun. Puns. Yeah. But uh, anyways. Yeah. So, well, so uh, Thomas agrees to help Andy uh, to read, which is nice. That's a nice yeah. moment. And then Andy in a, a nice moment says, I know you were friendly to me at first and I apologize for my rude behavior towards, towards you. And everyone's happier now. Yeah. We'll just see if Thomas can come through and helping Andy to read because he may not be that smart. I don't know. But yeah, I think he's, I think he's, <laughs> he's a step above Alfred. Abs- uh, Andy? Yeah. A- yeah, Andy. I like Andy. Alfred is the guy who just shuffled his feet going upstairs because he was just so downtrodden all the time. Who would have thought we'd be circling back to Alfred? 
Alfred, I'm sorry. Yeah, Alfred shuffles his feet up the stairs. All right. So, um, yeah. You know, in the nice moment there, Andy says, you know, sorry, I've been awful to you. And Thomas is like, I've known worse. And that is true. <laughs> yeah. Definitely true. Like, I had all my life savings taken for plaster dust. I've definitely known worse. <laughs> Those plaster thieves. Uh, what else is going on downstairs? Well, Carson and Hughes are living together. Yep. How's that going? It's going. <laughs> okay. They have a nice... It must be... I, I do sort of sympathize. I, I kind of pointed out how odd it was that Carson seems to be lamenting the loss of his rickety cot when he moves. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I thought that was uh, the sign that Carson was stepping down, but you're, you're, you're right. It's, it's about him moving out of his but, cot. But I thought it was odd. But watching this, I absolutely get it. What do you mean? Because he's been sleeping by himself for 20 years. So he's well, his whole life. He's, he's lamenting having a bed to himself? Well, I mean, it's a lifestyle change at an old age. Change is hard. That's true. I have a queen-size bed. I can't imagine having more people in it right now. I love having <laughs> the queen-size bed to myself. So that, yeah, that's... Um, they show, like, shots of them in the house. And they show the bases leaving their cottage, which is something we don't see all that. We usually see them, like, walking up. Mm-hmm. It's a little... Interesting. Yeah, it's a little different. Makes me want to go ask uh, Adam Von Gutkin where on the property they would have lived. Probably behind the behind the down yeah, uh, he down, down the road. He probably knows. Probably knows. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Mr. Carson, he wants to have uh, he wants he wants dinner. He's hungry. Yeah, that's he's a, right. He's a hungry man. Uh, he definitely looks like a guy who would be eating hungry hungry man today. Oh no way! <laughs> you think after a long day of working on down, he just comes home and just microwaves himself a hungry man? <laughs> He's gonna eat like a two ninety nine dinner from the grocery store. You get a steak, hungry man, for sure. Yeah, I want to put it past him. Let's, oh, let's go ask Adam Von Gucken if if uh, Louis, the current butler at, at High Clear, <laughs> eats hungry man. <laughs> saying he strikes me as the type. Um, but anyways, though, Carson is expecting uh, Hughes to cook for him, and uh, Hughes doesn't seem to. She doesn't come out and say this really. This episode, she, she doesn't really have much experience cooking, or hasn't done much of that. Yeah, because they live in a they're in service. She doesn't have enough time to cook, so she eats Hungry Man for herself at night, obviously. <laughs> yeah. She's got like a like Salisbury steak and corn niblets <laughs> and maybe, mac and cheese. Yeah, maybe I have it wrong. Hughes is the Hungry Man one. Hughes, and, yeah, I guess he, and Hughes. Carson is more the Long John Silver type. He wants the fancy fish in the yellow box. Yeah, <laughs> after a long day. It was shout out to the uh, frozen food aisle at your local no, Car- grocery store. Carson's eating like. Whole Foods, frozen meals, or Trader Joe's. <laughs> the 365, yeah, yeah, expensive meals. Um, so Hughes approaches Patmore for help with uh, getting food, and uh, she she gives her the food, but clearly she doesn't know how to prep it because she gives it to Carson, like um, the lamb with the vegetables, and the plate is cold. And he's and, just confused because they already have a meat dish, and there's lamb in the starch or the veg. No, lamb is in the veggies. Yeah. He's like, more, more meat? Do I need more meat? It's like, bro, you look like you do, dude. Well, maybe it's a case that Hughes is a hungry woman and she's trying to feed the hungry man, hungry man, and he don't want that. He wants some Long John Silver or 365. <laughs> uh, so we'll see where that goes. I, this is actually, I think, if I recall correctly, one of my favorite plot lines from the season. And it just it's just so interesting to see this turn, you know. It's so domestic. Right, because we only see Carson within Downton Abbey and to see him with, outside of it, it's such a turn. Yeah, I mean, the only other things that we've really seen regarding Carson and Outsiders are the other, the cheerful Charlie, mm-hmm. 
and the war memorial. Yeah. And I think the reason why this works so well is because it's not a surprising thing. This is exactly how you'd probably expect Carson to act outside the the manor, but it's fun to finally see it happening, you know, after all yeah, these seasons. Yeah. It's sort of one of those implied things like what happens when the cameras aren't on these characters. Yeah. So they have this great moment downstairs where they're talking about it. Um you know, where he's like, well, what do you expect me to do? And then Pat Morris says, well, you know, it's men and a sigh. And then <laughs> Sergeant Willis walks in from the darkness laughing to himself saying, what's going on here? It's like, Guess whoa, who's back? Sergeant Willis, you're here too back again? again? Another week. And I do like that meta commentary where Carson says like, what is it with the authority showing up here all the time? Which is also another break from the character of Carson, which we never see him really commenting on like the happenings of the house. So when he even references like, well, the authorities are here every week. What's the deal? It's like, wow, Carson, he has some perspective. Well, you know what? I think they probably, I just, here's how I think it went down. Mm -hmm. Julian didn't tell him Willis was making a third consecutive surprise return. Yeah. And Carson shooting the scene. (laughs) And they're like, Sending Willis. And Willis walks in, and that's his natural... Jim well, no, Carter's Car- natural Carson's work. not in the scene where he just naturally appears. Oh, so he walks Because he's talking to Hughes at dinner about uh, him So he probably up. just accidentally walked on the set before his yeah. casting call. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't uh, scripted at all when Carson was talking about that. Um, but yeah, Sergeant Willis is there chuckling uh, because he has to take Baxter to he court. He has to gather up Baxter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this leads to such a sweet moment with Mosley and her, where he, he's going to take the day off and be there for her in court. Mm-hmm. Which is so nice. Yeah, so he's going with her mm-hmm. to court. Yeah. And so what happened this episode? The guy doesn't. The guy actually pled guilty. He, uh, Baxter doesn't have to testify against him. And it's funny because that's the most Julian Fellows way out of the situation. Right. No, what happened was Julian Fellows checked the budget for this episode and realized he didn't have the budget for to cast this guy. That's just like, I can keep Willis. Yeah, I can keep <laughs> Willis in this episode. I got Danker and uh, Sprat on deck too for this episode. I got Henry Talbot and Birdie. I can't afford to bring another guy in here. And we got um the the Surgeon General or whatever that guy's name is. Who oh, Chamberlain. To. Yeah. And then we got Mr. Mason even making an appearance this episode. There's a lot of people, so he just can't afford another man. <laughs> So how do you work your way out? He should have started Willis in like a wig. <laughs> a mustache on the sand. Mrs. Baxter. <laughs> Just more ways to get Sergeant Willis on the show, yeah. Get that actor in. Is wow. he on a cameo? Oh, I hope. I hope. Sarge, Sergeant Willis would be the ultimate cameo. Like, because he's the ultimate cameo in Down I'd Abbey. pay $50 for him to say something to us. <laughs> To all our Patreon subscribers, that's where your money would go to. <laughs> Got like, Sergeant Willis. I'm Sergeant Willis from Down Abbey. What's up? <laughs> hey, lords. Oh, uh, man. So, anyways, though, um, people actually talked to Baxter, though, after this. Like, you know, this feels anticlimactic. Like, you know, you it feels like you probably needed that release or needed to say something, right? Like well, she An- brings that up. Yeah, because Anna relates to it. She's like, I understand what you're going through a little bit. And, you know, just kind of resolves like, yeah, it's for the best. And there's sort of a um, full redemption circle where the bases are like you're cool Baxter yeah really I think the whole point of this is just to bring Mosley and her closer like it really didn't do much to advance the Baxter character aside to, from reminding you of her past and everything but it just shows that uh, Mosley's there for her yeah it's so sweet the way he just shows up there and he, he even makes a joke like you know do you want me to go uh, get him to plead not guilty so you can testify against him like that's a good joke Mosley way to break the tension he's got chemistry with her and I like it yeah, and she's so she is a very gentle spirit. Yeah, I like Baxter. Baxter's a great character. Yeah, 
For sure. I'm glad that they kept her around. Yeah. Other things going on downstairs. Uh, Characters that I wish they wouldn't keep around. No, before we get to that, I mean, Patmore briefly briefly references that her uh, her cottage is ready for uh, renting. Oh, yeah. So people can move in there. Where's Daisy more likely to move into? Is she more likely to move into... Well, I mean, one is like a couple blocks from the house. Yeah, Mr. Mason's. A half hour walk, as he... Or Patmore. Patmore's renting it. That's a rental. Still, she's... Uh, yeah, I guess it's true. Patmore in the B&B would... She would be awesome at that. Oh, she'd leave you snacks that are really good, I bet you. Because the food would be good. She's got enough... she got a real close ear with uh, Hughes, mm-hmm. who is a a maid who knows all about the ins and outs. Certainly. That'd be that'd be good. Carson's a nice like money guy. But then again, the Bates are trying to offer up their own place for people to stay at too. Would you stay at the Bates's? No, I'd that'd be a Patmore's. dark and gothic place to stay. At. I would not go to that one. To just be poison in the pie. Uh, yeah, yeah. And a finger and a fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, though, that briefly is mentioned by Patmore, and then Daisy also, um, you know, aside from being conflicted over wanting to move in with Mister Mason, who uh, sure uh, she. Uh, she makes a remark to to Patmore because Patmore is just like, "Oh, look at Hughes, you know, complaining about her married life." And Daisy's like, "Aren't you jealous?" And like Patmore's like, "What's wrong with being jealous? Maybe I am." And then Willis walks in and says, "Hello, Patmore." Yeah, <laughs> and that that I wish that's the way Pat, uh, Willis introduced himself every week. <laughs> like a horn. He has bonus. like a siren that he cranks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Holler <laughs> if you hear Willis. Yeah. So that's going on. And then there's Anna and Bates, um, where we get the most bizarre scene, I think, in recent memory of Bates, where he says, I'm happy, <laughs> and I want everyone else to be happy. Happy, Nothing will go wrong. <laughs> what, who, who, what, who, what Bates is this? I don't know this Mr. Bates. He's on antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> They're invented by 1924 or 25 when this is taking place. Yeah. And he's on them, and he's the happiest he's been. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's all he needed. No, it's the baby. Yeah. But Anna, as Anna says, but harvest, but harvest. Uh, Bad harvest. No, but harvest, but oh, harvest. Is it but harvest? It's but harvest, I thought. Did you have captions on? I did. I thought it was Did but. it say but? Maybe we need to check on this again. I mean, it's not like they're harvesting butts, but no, I thought she says but harvest, I but harvest. I thought it was like you say like bad harvest to like trick God. Right. So yeah, you say, oh, maybe it is bad harvest. I don't know. But we'll have to look it up yeah. when our phones aren't in airplane mode. Right. So but harvest, bad harvest. Uh, it's blank harvest. Yeah, you say it so the gods won't uh, get jealous of your your good luck. <laughs> yeah, Bates is like bad harvest. He hits yeah. a. We haven't heard him scream yeah, ever. There, there's a tenor to his voice. He he, he lets it belt out. Yeah, and I want to hear him sing. I don't know about that. Maybe in the movie he. What kind of song would movie. he sing? A Christmas song. Yeah, I feel like he would sing like a Cure song or something or a Smith song, like something really oh, yeah, depressive. Definitely. Well, then that, <laughs> then I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I don't know. It would be like what's that depressing Christmas song? Blue Christmas? No, like an old, old, like, chamber song, like Little Drummer Boy. That's what Bates would do. Pa-rum-pum-pum-pum? Pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. Sure. <laughs> that, that would be Bates. Um, we'll see. But yeah, get into the least important characters downstairs. Spranker. <laughs> yes. That's what we want to call them, that married couple, unofficially married. Uh, Sprat and Danker. Yep. And it kind of touches on the above, but it's, it's because... The war keeps raging between Isabel and Violet about what to do with his uh, with his hospital on the Down Abbey land with the Crawley name on it. Mm-hmm. And Clarkson turning. Yeah, Clark. Well, Clarkson turned at the wedding, at Carson's wedding. Yeah, he sort of made his turn, and Danker calls him out in the middle of the street. Yeah, straight up, like everyone can see it full view, 
and because she's defending her the maid's honor, which is so interesting because like she seems to be up to no good, but she seems to really care about Violet. Like you know, I guess she respects. She's her. very self righteous. Yeah, that, that's she'll the, die on every hill that she believes in. That's fair. Sure, even if that is like drinking downstairs and leading. Andy, Andy into gambling situations. Yeah, she's into like a den with a slide. Like, What's the password? Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Clarkson writes a note to Violet about this. Yeah, imagine Clarkson going home and writing that letter. Oh, it's got to be filled with fury and anger. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, but it's enough for Violet to be like, "You're, you're done, Danker. You're done. Get you're, out. Get out." Yeah. Uh, but and as soon as this happened, I was like, "No, Danker has an ace up her sleeve," and she she pulls that card out. Yeah, because they need to follow up on this thing that happened earlier in the season for what reason? Just so Dan can keep her, can keep her job. Yeah, and he's it's, she's like, it's Septim- remember when you helped that fugitive Septimus Spratt? She says the full name Septimus Spratt. <laughs> this, is, this is the first time we've ever heard Septimus being. I would love on. it if that wasn't actually his first name. It was just what Denker called him as his first name. <laughs> like my name is Michael. My name is Optimus Spratt. <laughs> <laughs> get it right <laughs> turns into a wheelbarrow <laughs> uh but he is like so excited at the notion of danker actually leaving and being forced out until he remembers like, aren't you sad he's like, sad what is that i'm happy i want everyone to be happy but harvest, bad, harvest. Bad harvest. <laughs> yeah that's what he should have said that's what Spratt should have said but harvest but then uh, danker pulls it out the ace yeah, I, I help. I kept that secret. What happened? What whatever happened? To that nephew of yours? I think he's still out there, and he's on the run. And so Spratt is forced to put in a good word for her. And yeah, so and then he's like, "And now we're even." And she's like, "No, no." So it's, it shows you like she's just a bad person, <laughs> pretty much. She's basically saying like, "No." Yeah. That's not how this works. I own you, Spratt. And I'm going to be around for four more episodes of the season. Thanks. I hope you all enjoy it at home. <laughs> Great. I'm going to be in the movie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's every time Spratt ends. He's like, I need to stay on screen until the film comes out. Yeah. I think that about covers the downstairs, right? Yeah. So, well, what else? Is, what, what? Where do we start upstairs? I know where we end upstairs. Yeah. So Edith is, uh, you know, she's in London. She's uh, She's got a date. With the Birdman. Might as well be the Birdman. He clucks and he romances and he does it all. Um, and everyone's like, oh, aren't you going on a date? And she's like, I'm just hanging out with this guy. And they're like, oh, aren't you go- Aren't you interested? She's like, no, I'm not. And then as soon as she sees him, she's like, you want to come back to my apartment and oh, drink? She, like, What's you want to have a drink? And he's like, bah, 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 bah. Uh, that's all, folks. Uh, because he, said, he even says that's a racy night or whatever. <laughs> and to me, that sounded like a racy night, too. I was like, whoa, you're inviting a man to your own flat with drinks? And who, who's, whose flat is it, really? It's Greg. Oh, my God, it's Gregson's. All right, Edith. I mean, it is your flat. It is your flat. Do your business there. Uh, we don't know if any business goes down, but it seems like they have a good time, though. What do you mean? What they do you kiss? Mean? Oh, yeah, they do kiss. They do kiss. Cause they kiss and, and... They went to Café de Paris, uh, where they had a, a gay old time dancing and uh, having fun and stuff. Yeah, and they kiss, and, and uh, Bertie says, good God, what a relief. They have chemistry. I like it. They're both, like... 
I know I say this as like a geeky person. It's mm-hmm. like when two geeks get together and you're like, that makes sense. Yeah, it works. They fit together. Yeah. Yeah. But why is Edith really there in London? To get a female editor. Yes. Specifically a female editor. She doesn't want to deal with, with those male fools. Those men. Yeah. Good. Good for her. And so <laughs> what she lands on is Miss Edmonds, born in 1882. So she's in her early 30s. And even they comment, like, seems a little bit young to be an editor, but... Edith puts that whole foot forward where she's like, that's the year I was born. And I edited a magazine. Yeah. 1892. Good year to be born, I guess. All right. So Edith is officially in her 30s. I wasn't I wasn't exactly sure how 1892 old doesn't make sense, though, because in 1913, she'd be 21 at the beginning of the show. But I felt like she was younger at the start of the show. Yeah. That's neither here nor that there. That book in week to week. That's that's old Julian. He just keeps changing her birth date accordingly. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then Mary is out with uh, Mr. Talbot watching him race the cars. Yeah, with uh, Branson. Yeah, Branson. I, I like, you want to talk about chemistry, Branson and Talbot have more, I would say they have equal if not more chemistry than Mary and Talbot. I think Branson has a lot of chemistry with everyone. Branson is straight up like Dr. Phil this episode. Well, I, I think he's just really coming into himself with that dad bod. If you don't notice it by now, it's definitely there. He's not the cut man he once was. There's a little bit He's of a chin. A, yeah, we'll see. He's going to take his shirt off again? I hope. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. But I he, mean, people are all about Hopper and Stranger Things, so Dad Bod is definitely in. Yeah, and uh, so Branson, he's just, you know, he's feeling himself right now, and he's there uh, for everyone. He, uh, you know. Yeah, he's the he's the man. Yeah, so like, uh, he's like, uh, what is it? He's walking around with Mary, and, you know, he, he gives a great speech to her that I love, where, you know, Mary's concerned about being with a man like Talbot who is built beneath her. He doesn't have enough money. And Branson tells her, you know, with when it came to him and Sybil, it wasn't about the money or anything because he knew their values were equal. And that's mm-hmm. where they, they met, you know? Yeah. And it was like, that's so freaking true. That's so right on the money. Like, good for you, Branson. That's the right thing to tell Mary and trying to push her towards this man who she should clearly be with. Except for the fact that he drives cars really fast and violently. Or, you know, and at least Mary outright says that she doesn't like cars in this episode because of that. Oh, they really drive it home this Thank episode. Thank God. Because I was, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm fine with, with implicating in storylines and fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it's like a week to week show and you're just sort of like taking seven days off from it, mm-hmm. there's little things that I don't need to remember every week. And that's certainly one of those things. Yeah. So they go to a pub afterwards to celebrate because Talbot beat his friend in the, the car racing. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Branson says, like, you might as well just let him celebrate, even if you don't want to date the guy. And then they're having drinks, and then Talbot's like, we should get dinner. And Mary's like, that's a great idea. And then Branson's like, come on now. Come on. He just like, looks at the camera and is like, come on. You see what's going on here. It's like, can't you just hang out? Like, why make excuses? You like each other. Come on. Just do it. Just kiss for the camera. Just a little bit. <laughs> he just did it. Yeah. And then, you know, then there's fellows on the, the set right there. Just do it. Do it. Listen, <laughs> to, time. listen to Branson. Kiss. And then Branson's like, just kiss it. Just kiss. <laughs> Branson's like, I'll sit back. He yeah. puts his feet on the table. Just starts chugging the beer. He's chugging some beers there. That's, that's a big mug of beer. That's the dad bod, baby. <laughs> uh, so, and then what happens is they regroup at the manor and Edith tells her about her fun time with Birdie. And then they talk about Mary fun, Mary's fun time. And then Branson's just like, we're like young people now. We're having all kinds of fun. The bright young things. Yeah. And then Mary says, I don't know so much about bright. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, so she looks at Edith. <laughs> 
Does she? I, I missed some <laughs> I moment. Think it, I mean, I think it's implied that Edith is dumb. Yeah, she's she's not that dumb. No, she's not that dumb. I, you know, I noticed in this episode about Edith is that I think we don't give enough credit to the actress um, Laura Carmichael. Yeah, where not only is she much prettier, I think now than she was in season one, because they may have like you know dressed her down and everything, but the way she carries herself now is with such more confidence. Like it, it has to be the acting. Like she is. I feel like she's a much more attractive person in the show, like a character, because like how well, how she's confidently con- she carries herself. Yeah, she's yeah. definitely carrying herself as a different character now. Um, so hats off to Edith. But let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, right? Uh, you mean Carson's dinner? Oh no, not that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's the the, the violent, hospital, the violent Isabel Cold War that keeps raging. So they're inviting over Mister Chamberlain. Yes. Uh, or the Lord Lord Chamberlain, Mister? I don't even. He's, he's a minister, I think, of uh, minister the minister of health. Yeah, yeah. And Neville they, Chamberlain. Yeah, they want him over because Violet hasn't. Uh, speaking of aces up their sleeve, she has something on this guy, mm-hmm. and she needs his support. Yeah. So, and uh, is it Robert says uh, when it comes to getting him here, you have no more chance than a cat in hell with no claws, without claws, without paws. I thought he said. Pause, man. Do you got captain's honor? I thought he said without pause. I was Why like, would you say that was pause. I, that's what I, I said when he claws. said it. You can't climb out. I, I I said the same thing. Well, I, I wrote claws in my okay. Notes. All right. I think no. I, I actually did put the the closed captions on for this because I so was, he did say claws. He did say claws. I need to clear out my ears. Okay. Note to self: clear out ears. <laughs> Make uh, doctor's appointment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, though, uh, yeah, he's gonna show up, and this is gonna be Violet's big play. This is her moment to try and swing him. But the one thing getting in the way of this episode, though, continued indigestion on Robert's part. Yep, he can't drink his port. And like at this point, like it's been carrying on for several episodes now, which is probably in the course of the episode or the series, weeks, weeks to months. Yeah, see a doctor at this point, Robert. Like, what are you see doing, Doctor Clarkson? Like, if you cut out all this food that's causing you to have gas, it ain't just the food, dude. Maybe you are the gas. He's just farting up stuff. He obviously is, you know? And they can't say anything because he's Robert Crawley. He's he's the Lord of the Grantham. So, like, you know, what can you do? <laughs> it just smells in Down Abbey right it now. It reeks of just, like, gas clouds. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, they're all just kind of building up to this. There's a moment there where um, Cora compares Violet to a sphinx with secrets it never reveals as she tells it to the grandkids. Yeah. And I like that they have a straight up embraced donk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like grandma and donk. Yep. And Robert agrees though with the Sphinx thing. Yeah. Uh so anyways though. I did like that scene because it's so interesting that the all the grandkids are like kind of hanging mm-hmm. with the grandparents and they're just reading and looking at books and yeah. looking at all the rich people things. And where's Marriott watching a guy drive a car somewhere really yep, fast? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so anyways, it all comes back to everyone's back at the manor. They're all ready for Chamberlain to be there. And then, you know, Violet's approaching him and like, oh yeah, I know your sister-in-law, sister-in-law or whatever, or, um, or how's she doing? Like she's asking about the family. So mm-hmm. it almost makes you think like, oh, so, uh, Violet knows this family well and stuff like that. And it's but like, then that's not it. The, yeah. the, the talk starts and Branson saves the guy. Yeah. Branson's like, I know you don't want to be a part of that. Drink with me, buddy. What's up? <laughs> and then, uh. Violet says she can't protect him in the dining room. Yeah. Saying, like, this is my battlefield. I'm ready. Isabel wants to play. 
I came to play. <laughs> there should have been some intros, but instead the show, I think really savvily, uh, smash cuts to them like openly arguing in the in the dining room. Yeah, and uh, there, who says I'm not not to witness? I'm not here to witness a battle royal. Uh, the Chamberlain says that yeah. he thought this was going to be like a unified uh, voice, and then no, it's a it's a battle royal. Yeah, it's a over the top rope, two out of three falls. Yeah, and then you know Violet gets a few of her points in. Isabel does too before the big finish happens. <laughs> the thing that we send each other as gifts repeatedly all the time that horrified many viewers at Downton Abbey. If people were out on Matt and Matthew and thought that was gruesome, this takes it to another level. This is, I think, I didn't realize this was this episode until mm-hmm. like Robert starts touching his chase like, Oh, it's, I was like, oh baby, yeah, I'm ready. This is the money. This this is. <laughs> it's raining blood on Downton Abbey this week, uh, and watch out if your ulcer is in trouble because you may rain blood too. <laughs> Everywhere it's blood. Like it's do, so good. Do you think it comes out of his butt too? <laughs> no, I don't think so. All out of the mouth. Uh, yeah, he just looks really sick, and he just. Up and the best is Cora's face. It, she gets splattered in blood, <laughs> like because that's the best part of the gift that we send each other all the time. <laughs> Whenever our friends make a, a gross comment or something like that in our group chat, that is one of the frequent ones that goes up there is Robert coughing up blood, and the Cora's reaction is included in the gift. It's just like, oh, <laughs> like squirts on her. Yeah, it's so gross. I don't know what Julian was thinking when he did this, but he was just like, they'll eat it up. They'll love this crap. They'll love it. <laughs> did, do they, though? I don't I know. I don't. Excellent. I, I think the general audience was disgusted by this. Like they did not need to see this. Like, it's like um, there's like a Mad Men episode where a guy's like hand gets caught in like a paper. Oh, uh, a guy's foot, foot gets caught in a rider mower. Yeah, yeah. And it's, just like, it's like there's never any blood in this show until one thing. Yeah, and it's the same sort of thing. Well, there's blood in the show before. Downton. Yeah, but it's like trickling blood. It's not like. Well, we see the infected butt, and then we see. Uh, we see Matthew. Yeah, Matthew's the, the trickle. One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, I feel like Sybil dying is probably the most gruesome thing we've seen yeah. in the whole show. Yeah, that's true. Traumatizing. Uh, but anyways, though, yeah, so that happened. And we, there was a lot of rumors this year. Is like, someone going to die in Down? Is there going to be a big character in the last season of dying? And we thought this was it. This is Robert I Norman. remember watching, watching being like, oh, God. Yeah. He's dead. It's violent. And it has such a good classic line there that Robert says, if this is the end, know that I always loved you. Yeah. Cora, which is such a sweet depressing line to hear you know uh but we find out you know what he's not he's he, he may be okay this but robert it, it's funny because i know i'm sure we'll get to it next episode yeah but they're not like thank god for our hospital That's like true. this would be the moment to make the plot like if we had a more up-to-date ambulance he would have been gone faster or something like that yeah yeah i'm sure there will be something next episode but there's nothing to this is the hammer that should end the argument i mean it ends the scene yeah uh, he had a gastectomy, and uh, I guess he's fine. He lost a part of his stomach. That's what they do in that, that surgery. Yeah. And uh, even Thomas is surprised himself to, to hear this news. Like, he actually cares. Yeah. Because people who, have served this people. I have, who says life is short, death is sure? Uh, that's Carson. That is, okay. That we all know. And then what is and Patmore? Then, yeah, Hughes is, is it Hughes or Patmore? Patmore's like, let's get them coffee. That's what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, Patmore. And, Good B&B owner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another reason to stay at her place. Um. And what happens in all this rush? Mary, uh, or was it, if you mean, was it? Violet, Violet says, and Cora are talking. Yeah, they're disagreeing over Marigold. Uh, or no, no, no. So, no. So, let's get this right. Yes. Uh, Violet catches Cora saying to Chamberlain before they leave, you know, like, look, about the hospital. 
you know what needs to be done. Let's, you know, do what needs to be done or whatever with upgrading it and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, then they're talking and the Dowager's like, now is not the time. And it's like, this is the time to talk about facts. Yeah. And this is something you need to get over yourself. Now's the moment. And yeah. it's like, look what happened when you didn't agree with me about the Marigold situation. Yeah. And then we do a little um, camera zoom focus. Be- yeah. It's like, there's Mary. It's like. Raining blood. Uh, She's starting to put two and two together, which is just like, I feel like we're past the point of like, who cares if Mary finds out or not? Like, what is she going to do to Edith with this information? Be nice. You're right. Yeah, you can't torture her over there. Come on now. Yeah, but I think that's what we want Mary and Edith to do. Yeah, we want it to rain blood. Uh, Yeah. I would love to see them get in a knockdown dirty fight in the pig farm. I feel like that's the end game for them fighting. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel a like hog it, pen match? Yeah, on Mary's grounds. Yeah. <laughs> you choose the stipulation? Yeah, exactly. It's a no holds barred pig <laughs> pen fight. Uh yeah, it wouldn't I'm, that has happened in WWE. Yeah. So uh yeah, Mary tries to ask Anna if she knows anything about Marigold. Uh, there's something about Marigold. <laughs> and I thought this would be a, another callback to Anna finding the picture mm-hmm. of Marigold before Oh, that's right. But no, not no, yet. Nothing. And Anna's like, is there something I should know about Marigold? Is there something you want me to say that I know? Mm-hmm. And nope. And this is Mary's fear of the apex predator coming about, maybe. Edith? Steal the crown. Marigold is the oh, apex yeah, predator. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. We'll see. That's the cliffhanger for this episode, pretty much. Um, d- during all this trauma at the end of the episode, it does a quick about face for... I have no idea what the reason is, but... Branson, before leaving to go to the hospital, probably because he doesn't want to go to the hospitals, he doesn't, you know, he saw Sybil die at the home and he doesn't probably want to be around that kind of sick stuff. He sticks around to see Chamberlain out. And, and we, yeah, we find out why Chamberlain is owed of, or owes the Dowager a favor. Right. And then it turns into this freaking history lesson about <laughs> Horace de Vercole, uh, who was like some. The prankster? Yeah, some well known prankster who like uh, made a road uh, obstruction in Piccadilly that held up traffic for so long. And that's real? I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up but either. I but. believe that this has to be real because they made such a point to like highlight this. I, I, it sounds like a, a historical figure. Um, I thought it was so weird that they spent so he's like, I was there participating. And Violet found out and she held that over my head to make me come here tonight. So Violet, no, so no wonder Violet and Danker have a lot in common. And yes, this guy was a real eccentric prankster. He was a real person uh, from the country, county Cork, Ireland. So, hey, that's my that's where I'm from. My that's where my oh, descendants are from. That makes a lot of sense because there's n- no bigger prankster trash than you, Dave. <laughs> prankster trash. I was try, I'm trying to keep it PC for the audience. So that so you are a prankster. I mean, admittedly, come on, yeah, man. Oh yeah. So, so he's the this guy's the original prankster. Yeah, he's your forefather. Isn't that an offspring song? I, I guess. I don't know. That sounds like it would be an offspring song. But uh it's such a hard stop in this episode of like all this going on. Let me tell you about some history. <laughs> Thanks, Julian. That should have happened in the moment where Branson says, like, don't talk to them, have a drink with me. Yeah. Before dinner. Yeah. It, because it doesn't matter why. <laughs> right. It's almost like Julie- It doesn't it doesn't resolve anything. He's no. not the piece that changes the outcome yeah i almost feel like it's julian hedging his bets like oh i just grossed out the audience let's just have this in there to kind of like take it back a step to something a little bit more light hand or light you know for them to consume i don't know yeah yeah also neville chamberlain thick mustache really dark thick mustache for some reason i went i, I you know the amazon x-ray thing when you pause it yeah, and yeah. Shows you who's who. 
I was like, oh, this guy's in something. Mm-hmm. And his thumbnail is him in Downton Abbey. So I always take that as he's not in anything else. Yeah. And he just has that kind of uh, face. Yeah. No, I see it. So I think that's pretty much all the plot lines for this episode, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Was this a good episode? Absolutely. Yeah. This is a great episode. <laughs> this is one of the, the iconic moments of Downton Abbey. Absolutely. And uh, I have a note here mm-hmm. that I don't know if this is a big thing. All of our female fashion forward fans can reach out early on in the, the scene where I think it's Robert, Mary, and Edith and Branson are eating. And they're sort of egging Mary on, or egging Edith on to go out with Birdie. Mary is just wearing a necktie. Like Avril Lavigne. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is this a thing that was common? Are women wearing neckties? I believe it. Chokers, you mean? No, like a necktie. Like a thin necktie. I thought that came around with Avril Lavigne in 2002. So if it came around earlier, hats off to Mary for finding that. Uh, I'm trying to look up butt harvest or bad harvest. And I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It's, uh, I'm not really getting good Google results in either of them, so the world might never know. <laughs> we'll have to check before next episode. Yeah. So. Any good quotes? Oh, no, it is Bad Harvest, Bad Harvest. You are correct. Hey. I need to get ding, my ears ding, ding, checked ding. and go to the doctor. I thought you watched with the captions on. I do. Well, I was watching on my tablet, actually, this one. So. Oh, so you had headphones on? Yeah. All right. So, any good quotes from this episode, Dave? Bad Harvest, Bad Harvest. Oh, yes, that's true, Mister Mister Mason. I'm top of pigs. Uh, we're we're out to catch a thrashy fish, and he's bound to thrash a bit, thrash about a bit, mm-hmm. and we'll get caught in the spray. Yeah. I forget. I didn't write who wrote these things, who said these things, because mm-hmm. I had I watched this very late at night, so I apologize. Yeah, I believe that's the uh, discussing the hospital. Yep. When we unleash the dogs of war, we must go where it takes us. Yep, that's the violet. I remember that one. Yep. There's no such thing as safe love. You must give someone the power to hurt you. Who says that one? Is it Brands? Is it Brands? I, I, like I really should have written this stuff you down. You really should have. I, this is, this is why Clarkson says, I only intended uh, she'd be ticked off, not beheaded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About Danker. Well, you, off. You, you messed that one up. Well, Danker's, Danker cut a promo. She did. She went off on him. Like, y'all want to say... <laughs> She put a roof over your head. What? <laughs> you wanted a job. She gave you a job. What? You got a hospital. What? You got patients. What? You killed. You, sh- you had the bad idea for Sybil. What? You should be grateful, Clarkson. Um, the Dowager says, if I withdrew my friendship from anyone who had spoken ill of me, my address book would be empty. Yeah. Oh, there's a mention of Evelyn Napier this episode. Yeah, there was. That's right. Yeah. What's he up to, Mary? says, still pining for you. Dang, what a burn on Evelyn Napier. He was nothing but a nice guy, handsome guy, still single out there. Someone, take a chance on this guy. He's not that bad. He wasn't that bad. And uh, La Belle de saint Marche, uh, I think he says about her, uh, which means I th- uh, she knows what she's about. That That's what Talbot translates. She knows what she's about, La Belle de saint Marche. Uh, I think that means she's just a woman without mercy, maybe. Okay. All right, without love. So let's uh, get to these power rankings. Yes, let's do it. Dave, who's down for you? This is a tough one to rank on the down because I feel like uh, I'm not, I've, I've made the conscious decision to not give Spratt and Danker any points. No, uh, well, yeah. So 
I will say, and again, this is this is a generally up episode. Yeah. I got Mary at number three. Tell me why. Well, actually, I'm as I'm saying this out loud, I totally think it's justified. Um, she, she's still like trying to drag her feet, trying to pretend like she's not interested in Talbot, and then this whole Marigold thing blows up in front of her, and she's like, "Oh." Mm-hmm. And that's really all you need. Sure. Like I said, generally up episode. Who do you have yeah. number three? I have Andy. I have Andy at number two. He doesn't know how to read. I mean, what power can you have in these rankings if you don't know how to read? Yeah, Daisy's got a one up on you there. Yeah, dude. She knows how to read. Come on, man. So who's your number two? Uh, Number two is Spratt. Okay. He's under Danker's thumb. You know, there's nothing he can do about can't, it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't bring myself to do it. Real, uh, not gonna, I mean, not yeah. Not going to give him those points. Yeah. Well, he's he's down. Well, who's who's ultimately down, Dave? All the food on the table. What? All the food on the table what? covered in Robert's blood. Oh, I thought you were talking about Carson down there. Hughes. No. No, yeah. No, Robert's had the worst week. His <laughs> ulcers burst. I like that he's just such a non-player the whole episode. And he's just... <laughs> <laughs> Blurp. <laughs> it's just everywhere. Um, that's so much blood, too. Just so much blood. I think there was actual articles saying, like, did there need to be that much blood? I like a little bit of color. But there was a lot of color there, <laughs> as uh, Stone Cold will say. Yeah, and I, I agree. There was there was a little bit too much color. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> do you think uh, before they filmed the scene, like uh, how did they shoot this scene? Did, crawl, did, did he spit out the blood, or did no, they put it on? Do you think Hugh cut? <laughs> did he cut his like, uvula? <laughs> yeah. Did he? No. Did he cut like a little bit from his head and stuff? No. It came out of his mouth. <laughs> did you, when he was on the, laying on the ground, you know, he's got to have the blood everywhere. <laughs> did he blade himself? Yeah. So I'm asking, did he blade himself? <laughs> oh, no, I think he didn't. That's a wrestler thing where if they want to have blood in their face, they would blade themselves. I'm just yeah. Watch the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. There's a, they show you how they do it. Yeah. So, anyways, um, who's up though? Who's not covered in blood? I mean, pretty much everybody in that dining room is covered, covered in blood. blood. Yeah. Number three, I have Baxter. Same. She's off the hook. Yeah. Good for her. Good. Yeah. All right. Self-explanatory. Yeah. Who's number two? Mr. Mason. I got Mr. Mason at number two also. Yeah. Well. He's just having a good time, Daisy. You're living with me. Andy, you're working with me. Woo boy. I think you can read. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can you read? Do you need help with that? I, it's implied that you can read. <laughs> right? Because you worked Wait. in service in the city. Wait, can you pick up pigs? Pick up that over there. Can you pick up pigs? What if Andy's like has terrible dexterity and he like can't hold anything? He just fumbles around with the pigs. He's just back there falling in the mud because he just can't pick it'd up be, these pigs. It'd be like Charlie Theron in Arrested Development where like, oh, geez, something's wrong with this guy. He's a simpleman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, Mr. F. Yeah, he's a simpleton. I'm Mr. M. Yeah. Well, new, number one, though. Let's see if we're unified all the way through. She got a little smooch. Edith. Oh, I don't have Edith at number one. <laughs> well, a smooch got her number one for you? She pulled the dude into her house. Birdie. She made moves. She hired a female editor. Yeah. That's her age. She Power moves. Her point. Those are the money moves. She's still the only decent parent in Downton. Yeah. I just didn't have her on there because of the weight over her head that she doesn't know about with Mary finding about, about Marigold, potentially. I don't think it's going to be bad, though. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Who do you have number one? Though? Branson, man. He is just living, <laughs> enjoying life this week, drinking, hooking up people, chatting with uh, ministers of health. This guy's stories about the original pranksters. Because I, last week I questioned, like, why is Branson back? What is he adding to anything? He's just there. This week you see him, like, oh, this is why he's back. He's he, just he's just doing alley oops the whole time. Yeah, he's just he's living just like passing the ball, straight up balling. That is him. He's doing the swish motion with his hands. <laughs> every every time somebody's like, I'm at the hoop. Yeah. Branson's got the ball. 
Give me the rock. Yeah. He throws it. Yeah. We're just young. We're just, we feel like young people. He feels like a young the man. This young episode. things. Yeah. Good for Branson. I love it. I'm glad he's back now. I know why he's back. I see it. I love it. Put him in the movie. I want him in the movie. It's great. <laughs> him and Sprat. Or a Danker. <sighs> Hold the Danker. I'm ready. Sure. I'm getting ready for this movie, man. The closer we get to the end of the series, like, I'm, I'm ready to see where they go next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's this. Anything else to add? Oh, I wanted to give a shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, early in the podcast, I always shouted out our, my friend Kate at the library hop. Oh yeah, and I don't know if she's still listening. I hope she is. I, Kate, if you're listening, I'm I'm shouting you out. Mm-hmm. She always said that when we recorded the episode about the ulcer blowing up, she wanted to be on. And well, unfortunately, we ain't never having guests on episode breakdown. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't gonna happen. But I was thinking about you. And keep your eyes open for what we're going to do with Hiker Castle Gen. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear us talk about dirty dancing, tune into the Patreon episode that will be coming out soon. Yeah, very soon. And you know where else? to find yeah, us. So Patreon, if you, if you want that. Yeah. Um, we're on the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Find us, like us, follow all us. All that stuff. Yeah. And thanks to the Reddit for all the love this week. Yeah. We got 19 upvotes. That's huge. 29 last I checked. Whoa. Yeah. All right. So all that. Shout and, out to uh, our teachers for helping us to learn how to read. Yep. <laughs> getting us to where we are today. The Red Book. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And uh, until then, you can read about Downton Tabby if that's your thing. Yeah. I think I got my mom that for Christmas one year. Oh. I'll, see, I'll go. I, I guarantee you she has put it in the attic. This is why you're part of that whole prankster guild of, in your family. You know, you you like Downton Tabby. It was, it was a big pop uh, under the Christmas tree. Okay. All right, I it's believe it. It's a great it. coffee table book. I'm going to find it and bring it over. Okay. Uh, we'll, that'll be a supplemental uh, episode. <laughs> leave me out of this narrative. All right. Well, well until next time. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Stay mage. Yeah. <laughs>